Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name's Chris Scott. My name's Atish. And in the final installment of our three-part series, New Year, New You, we end up talking about uh, my strategic approach to how I'm going to make this year different and how I'm going to achieve uh, the goals that I'm setting out for myself. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good? This has been a, a uh, long but also interesting and... Uh, Illuminating day. Illuminate. Mm-hmm. Deluminate. Yeah. Did you ever see Demolition Man? No. You've never seen Demolition Man? What's Demolition Man? With uh, Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock and Wesley Snipes. No. So the, I think the movie starts in 1999. I might be wrong about that. I should look up when it starts. <laughs> I mean, it's probably in the 2000s. Okay. But uh, Wesley Snipes plays this guy named Simon, Simon Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And he's like the baddest bad guy ever. And there's only one rogue cop that could take him down. And that's Sylvester Stallone. Okay. And so uh, Sylvester Stallone goes after Simon Phoenix in the current time and blows up this building. And the building had uh, hostages in it. And he thought there weren't any hostages in it. But he blew up the building. So he blew up the building and all the hostages died in the blow. So they both got arrested. Damn. Yeah, because that's what, – what would you call that? That's like involuntary manslaughter by proxy of I, – I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. We should have asked – we should ask what's his name, our, our friend that knows laws and things. Isaac? Sure. And uh, so what they do is they freeze them. They freeze – they don't have prisons anymore. They just freeze people for like years and years and years. Oh. And then in the future, they uh, Simon Phoenix gets defrosted. Okay. And then he goes off on this rampage. And in the future, everyone's like, be well, be kind. And oh, okay. I very, see. like, there's n- never been a murder. So they need some old school violence. So they need some old school police work. Yeah. And so they bring him back. They bring Sylvester Stallone back. And hilarity ensues. It's a good movie. You should watch it. Okay, yeah. I, I'll, I'll put that on the list because it has one of my favorite concepts being cryogenically frozen. Okay. And... uh Old school violence. So in, there's a scene in the movie where uh, you say things to make things happen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like door open and oh, doors open yeah. and all that other fun stuff. So, you know, you walk to the room and say lights on and Wesley Snipes hacked the system to change it to uh, illuminate <sighs> and deluminate. Got it. Right. So. So that's what we're doing. Illuminating. We're illuminating. Right. So uh, we talked about my goals last time. Yeah. And. You know, I, I feel like I have a clear vision of where I want to end up. Yeah. And I feel like we're just discovering yours. Yeah, that's that's what I meant by illuminating. I th- Today kind of tied in a whole lot of uh, – and that's sort of the thing. I think I'm – a lot of the times one of my, one of my main sources of uh, frustration, I guess I could say, or is that sometimes I'm a little too close to the picture to really – understand what I want or what I'm doing or what I'm actually trying to achieve. And uh, this conversation made me realize that something that I was trying to do earlier, but kind of more as like a side project or a hobby Mm -hmm. is kind of, it plays a role in all of this. Right. Um, And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of actually trying to, or not trying, I'm actually in this process of talking about your goals and then talking about branding, I'm actually starting to figure out what my goals in a larger sense are. Okay. So, so that's where I'm at. Okay. Well, let's, let's, we should probably start working through some of your goals. 
Okay. I don't know. Well, I think we talked about uh, this a little bit when we talked about branding. And that is, let me, let me read you this thing from the, let me, let me have this conversation with you before we start diving into your goals. Sure, yeah. We got to have a warm-up, warm-up, or a warm-up, a warm-up, 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 warm-up. exactly. Yeah. Let's see if I can find it on the phone here. <laughs> this is why we need a third intern. Right. Or a second intern, rather. That'll magically have. We just have someone here with the laptop connected to a projector, and he just, like, puts up all the shit we need to see. Right. And then we'll start live streaming and then people will be like, oh, it's like watching Oprah. <laughs> I've, I've missed Oprah since she's it's, been it's, off the it's air. It's a lot like that. All right. So I'm going to read you this post I found on Facebook the other day. Okay. And it's kind of been bugging me for a while mm-hmm. since we were supposed to be doing post November, And I was on the internet a lot. Mm-hmm. And, Same. And I need to be on it more. That's what I found out through post November also. That you're not on it enough? Yeah. Well, yeah. not that I'm not on the internet enough, that I'm not cultivating enough of a presence. Right. Yeah. So this is the post that I read. Uh, this is not me. This is not a tish. <laughs> this is just a random Facebook post that we found. Yeah. And the post says, let's make this absolutely clear. Intent and execution are two different things. Exclamation point. All caps. <laughs> They're serious. This is very true with art, and especially true with cinema. You can make a movie with the best intentions. However, if it fails to live up to its execution, your intent will either be lost on the audience or not be seen on screen at all. A good example of this, colon, parody and caricature, do not translate well into dramatic narrative. I don't care if Mike Myers gets on stage at the Globe Theater and belts out the most soulful and deeply mannered one-man rendition of Shakespeare's Macbeth that he or any other actor has ever been capable of. If he does it in the Shrek voice, it's going to be ridiculous, and you will laugh at it. And Facebook rant. And this rant just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it kind of bugged me a lot for some reason. Why did it bug you? Because I feel like... uh, uh, goals, not uh, since we're talking about goals and yeah. like if if like the process of doing something with intent, it's it's execution is kind of irrelevant. So what what you're saying is that the like speaking in the in the concept of goals. Well, let's let's, let's take his rant about movies. Okay. Like I don't know. I know how hard it is to make a movie to execute a movie Absolutely. to its. And degree of perfection. Right. You know, but I feel like the movies that are uh, executed with a certain intent, like uh, my intent is to evoke this kind of conversation between a mother and a daughter. I see. Yeah. You know, I feel like if the, if the shot's out of focus, if something is, you know, off color, off color a little bit, you know, yeah, but yeah. I still get the intent behind the story. I uh-huh. feel like it, it, w- it was executed well. So, so you're you're saying that these aren't mutually exclusive concepts, or that they're not always mutually exclusive? I, I feel like execution needs to be driven by an intent, right? Otherwise, it would not be executed properly, right? And because I think things executed without intent always fail, mm-hmm. even if they're executed perfectly, they're empty. Yeah, like uh, I don't know, it's a good example. Want to stay in the movie world? Sure. Uh, okay, great. I have to think of a example. I think things like um, 
like this is probably a shit example, but things like um like uh the scary movie franchise. Okay. That I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The original intent was to parody these movies um and kind of point out the the I guess they were they were trying to like a little bit mock the the seriousness or the the tones of what these horror movies were doing or like the the tropes and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. But then it became a thing in and of itself and it kind of spiraled. Like all of a sudden it was just executing based on like, okay, that was what we created, so now we're just gonna do the same thing. And we're gonna do the same thing and we're mm-hmm. gonna do the same thing and we're mm-hmm. gonna do the same thing. And it became empty and meaningless. Right. Kind of like Rush Hour movies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like the first Rush Hour movie, like it had a strong intention. It was this uh, Chinese cop is really uh, concerned and cares for this girl that got kidnapped. Yeah. And the FBI's intent was to put a bumbling LAPD officer yeah. to deal with this guy so they don't have to, so they can do their job. Right. And, you know, because of Jackie Chan's intent of finding this girl, they accomplished that, that goal. Right. And, like, I feel like that movie had the intent of, you know, even two people that don't fit well together in this buddy cop world mm-hmm. are still able to execute their goal of saving this girl's life. Right. And and also the idea of like uh, being looked down upon isn't exactly what I want to say, but but it's also a story of like kind of motivations and like what mm-hmm. what is driving you and how that can end up being something larger than, you know, in this case, the FBI and yada, yada, yada. But by the time we get to Rush Hour 3, it's like, what the heck is even happening here? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have no idea what's going on. They're in, the, in France? Yeah. They're, what? Yeah. His, he, Jackie Chan has a brother? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it, it loses intention. Like, that movie had no intent except to get, trick people to buy a movie ticket to watch another movie, you know? Right. So, so basically what you're saying is that these, uh, these things have to be kind of strewn together because you can have execution without intention, which leads to a hollow product or a hollow, you know, whatever it is. Um, but then you can also have intention without execution, which is a lot of what I do, which is where I'm, I'm well-meaning, but then I never pull the trigger on anything. Right. And then, so that doesn't end up with any product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so these kind of ideas, they tie, they tie together. And th- this person, the, the post was fervently ascertaining that these are, not the same thing. Well, no, they're saying that um, I don't care about your intention if you don't execute it well. Oh, I see. And yeah, I'm like, that's, that's I don't care of... if you execute it well as long as you have good intentions. Right, yeah, you're, you're maintaining the opposite side of the coin. Right. Yeah, I, I can see the validity in that statement for sure. But I think what I'm trying to say here is um, our intents, our whys, yeah. are what should be you know, driving our goals. Right, as opposed to uh, kind of just having uh, executed, not you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like kind of more abstractly doing things because, uh, and and that's I think entirely you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there. Is that's kind of what's been my dilemma? I've been executing things without full intent mm-hmm. or without, without full knowledge of intent, and that's why those things are hollow or they don't pay off the way that I would like them to. Mm-hmm. I, I see what you're saying. So I feel like I, I know when I made my goal list, I had, I have intentions. I have, you know, like an endpoint that I want to get to, and I know why I want to get there. Right. So I, and I feel like we're about to dive into your goals. Yeah. And I feel like we recently scratched the surface on your why. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is going to be an interesting conversation. I mean, I hope so. It's putting a lot of pressure on me. Uh, yeah, I don't have my uh, smart printout that you brought me in front of me. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm joking. We're not, I'm not going to do that. Oh, okay. Well, let's just start with um, what's on your goal list, man. So I kind of broke this down into a macro and a micro goal. And I'm realizing that conceptually this is a little vague, but it's kind of, like I said in the beginning of this, it's kind of the marriage of two different ideas. Um, and I'm realizing that I am sort of modeling what I am trying to achieve based on other things of kind of similar ilk. So essentially what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create a brand and, and I'm going to reference the term tribe later because I like, that's what I mean by my brand. Like, like how you said, uh, would you say occupational allies? Uh Yeah. I'm also trying to create, like I'm specifically trying to build, an audience of like, like my, I keep saying like, but the second one was necessary of, of, uh, like-minded individuals. Uh So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create a, and I wrote create a brand and then I put a little carrot in there, a successful brand. I'm trying to create a successful brand. That's all about the improvement of, uh, of professional endeavors, as well as personal lives through lateral and creative strategies. Why did you feel that needed the carrot? I guess, <laughs> I guess because, uh, I, I don't want to create like systems that are, that are obtuse or that are, you know, um, short sighted or not, not well-rounded. Like I want to create things that are meaningful and important. Do you feel like, uh, what, how, how do you measure that? Uh, whether it's, oh, yeah, I, okay, I see what you're hitting on. Because meaningful and important does not exactly, like that, that correlates to successful in a sense that, um, like that's spiritually successful. Right. But, but how do you actually measure that sort of a thing? Right. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, the most obvious way that I would, because you're right, that that isn't measurable. But the way that I would measure, you know, I guess the the success of this sort of thing would be not only in, um, like, profits is the obvious one in terms of, like, clientele and yada, yada, yada. But the less obvious thing, I guess, is what I mean is by the building or the creation of that uh, tribe. Like, the more, the more followship, the more fans, the more et cetera that you have like who are perpetually trying to improve or trying to do something like that. So creating that following, creating that idea, Uh I guess that's, yeah, this is my macro goal. So it's, it's kind of difficult for me to pin down. Well, the, the, I don't know the, when you throw something like successful. Yeah. uh, Cause I can, I could, I made a movie last year or two years ago, four years. I don't know how long ago I made it a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. I made a movie a while ago and we had a screening and there was a positive response at the uh, screening, but I could show it to 10 times as many people and not have the same response. I see. But I was, I still felt good about making the movie and going through that process. Right. So the, the, I think the idea of just, you're not successful unless it's measured by something. 
I your, your success should be, I'm building this tribe. Yeah. Like you're, you should feel good about doing that. Even if it's, who knows if it's successful or unsuccessful. Right. But it's just, you know, something that you want to do and something that you feel good doing. I feel like that's more. So I guess it's, it's twofold. I want to create a culture of people who are looking to, uh, do better both in professional and personal life. Um, and then I'm also, fuck, I just lost it. Uh Oh, um, but then, Oh, but then I'm also trying to satisfy this need in myself to, uh, solve problems. Right. And starting at the very minuscule, like, you know, Oh, how can we lessen our overhead or blah, 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 solve problems like that to like larger problems. Like, um, you know, I'm having this, this consistent failure in my life or this can, my business isn't working as a whole or, you know, emotionally I'm not, you know, blah, 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 like being kind of a problem solver. So those are, those are kind of the two things that I think are enforcing any of my ideas. Number one, that I like to promote this, uh, culture of, uh, constant never ending improvement and et cetera. And number two, that I enjoy problem solving and I want to create systematic approaches to solving problems in many walks of life. All right. How does that feel? It feels good. That felt, that felt, it seems really hard. <laughs> well, you know, it is all really hard. I mean, you're, you're setting up goals for something that you haven't really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it just seems like done yet. Fuck. How do I do that? I'm also wondering, cause so for instance, um, somebody, and now this is going to be like the third time. So it just seems like, you know, um, ridiculous that, that I'm referencing the same person. Um, or it seems like I'm too focused on, on this, but it's just because I just recently read this person's second book. So that's why. Um, so for instance, uh, that guy, Jocko Willink is both, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach, so he coaches people on how to do better in jiu-jitsu, but then he also owns this company called Echelon Front that he started with this guy Leif Babin that they both uh, were SEALs in Ramadi. And so they coach people on how to, but they kind of do it in a general vague sense of how to do better in business. Like here are some principles we learned while commanding a unit, while commanding a task unit, uh, whatever the fuck, you know, Uh and they appropriate that to everything. It seems as though I'm kind of doing a similar thing, although I aim to be entirely more specific. Like, and that's what I mean by tribe. My ideal goal, I guess, in terms of a business owner would be to be the head of a team of specialists. Mm -hmm. And so I can appropriate any of my resources towards what your goals are or whatever, and my specialists will be, you know, we can solve your problems like having a firm like the A team like the A team mm-hmm. much like the A team I like it but i mean like i want to cuz i have myself who i i would say my specialty is in specific lateral thinking in in uh problem solving in abstract or uh less obvious ways that combined with somebody who for instance like let's say i find a finance expert so somebody who really knows the procedural ways of figuring out, you know, where your finances are out of order or how to perform an audit or something like that. Between, now the two of us will be able to firmly create a systematic approach to better your finances, yada, yada. So I think, I think that's sort of what I'm going for. 
Okay. So it sounds like you want to build a team. I do want to build a team. Do you want to do that within the next year or do you want to do that? Um, I mean, that would be great if I could do that in the next year, but I'm not entirely sure that that's attainable. Okay. So I'm trying to create smart goals. So, um, I think, so I, I built up some micro goals to support that macro goal, but if I'm giving myself, you know, an abstract timeline, I would say within five years, I certainly want to have a team okay. set up. And I, and that means becoming a firm. That means becoming an LLC. That means becoming, you know, all, all the other aspects that I did quite a bit of research on legal zoom <laughs> recently Oh, okay. on how to, on how to do that sort of a thing. Um, and it simultaneously seems complex, but also easier than I thought in some ways. Uh-huh. Anyways. So my micro goals, um, are basically, I think my first, and this is my this is my main one for the year. Just like you were talking about creating a full length this mm-hmm. year, um, I have already done this for a client, and we talked about this yesterday. I did this for a client, but I did it specific for this client. I didn't do it in a general sense, but I created a system in which to improve operations like so essentially i was working as an operations manager okay um and i was creating a system with which um different prongs of their business could all be improved like and i was creating like a systematic like a schedule or a training thing or you know whatever it was manuals basically and you said it best yesterday when you said instead of doing it because the the way i've been trying to approach it and why I think I've been having some limited success with this is I've been trying to approach different clients and point out different things that I could fix. Uh-huh. Instead of that, you very rightfully pointed out I should create a systematic approach of evaluation and of you know uh, the work that I'm trying to do. And then the actual the uh, price on it, I guess you could say, is selling that and appropriating that systematic approach to different businesses and to different people even. Mm -hmm. So really what I need to do is create a brand that's all about a systematic approach for development. Right. Right. So that's my goal for the year. So, uh, this system is going to be like, uh, like a fill in the blank sheet worksheet. Is it going to be what, what do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be you hanging out with a client for a day, like undercover boss and <laughs> seeing what's working and what's not working all that? Uh, is it you just saying, uh, just do this. This is a binder of lists to do and see if they work for you. Um, I think it has to be in order to be truly, uh, effective. It has to be kind of a combination effect because, uh, like you also said yesterday, because I was I was thinking about kind of building this on like a self-report survey basis. But you're right. People won't do that unless they're like, you know what I mean? Unless you really press them to do it. Like people always procrastinate or put that off or, you know, whatever, because it's not really in their, you know, it's not very high on the hierarchy of needs. Well, no, it's, it's all things that, you know, people recognize problems. Right. But people don't recognize solutions to those problems because they've been doing it the same way. Right. Exactly. The same result. They don't know how to get out of that rut, that loop. And that's kind of precisely my idea because I came from an entirely different sort of background. 
Um, and with this previous uh, client, I guess we could say that I was working as an operations manager, I was writing up proposals and coming up with solutions for things. And I was literally told at one point in time when I said, well, why do we do it that way? And I'm being vague here purposefully. Um, and they told me, well, that's the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And that, in my eyes, is a poisonous mindset. You know what I mean? Right. Like I come from, like I'm trying to work in business and I'm also trying to work also, I mean, I guess in personal life development in a sense. Um, but I'm taking kind of, the, the novel thing is I'm taking more of a uh, scientific approach to it in that the scientific method states that you create a hypothesis and you, you create these things and then you have to actually test it. And you have to be responsible in your testing, meaning that you are um, very aware of your previous circumstances and the variables that you're changing Mm -hmm. and how those interplay with each other. But if you get positive results, then you hang on to that and you keep retesting, you keep reevaluating. If you don't, that's when you can scrap it. But you can't scrap an idea from the get-go because it's not the way you've always done it. Like, that's... Where, how do you get progression out of anything right. like that? So I think that that was kind of the thing that spurred me into this way of thinking is that I was coming up with solutions that, you know, we don't know if they were good or not. We don't know if they would have worked. Although one of my things has been uh, post my employment has been put into effect and it has been very successful. So I do have um, metrics. I do have numbers to base my there you go. The thing you've been, your security blanket has shown up. Yeah. So, so I guess, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting what the question was, but, but my whole Did thing. Did I ask a question? Oh, right. We were talking about self-report surveys and all that kind of stuff. So I guess my approach would be uh, a combination of those things because I know that people also will, they think of things more, um, they think of things more, uh, um, optimistically than they may actually be, or they see things through rose-colored glasses, right? Right. So the idea is to not only have a self-report survey so I can see where their priorities are set, but then I can also do an evaluation myself and see what, and, you know, maybe talk to other employees. Maybe, you know, I can really figure out the day-to-day myself. Awesome, man. Yeah. That, okay. So you're going to establish a system based off this brand that you recently discovered by yourself. Yeah. Uh, what other goals do you have for the year? Um, other goals for the year, uh, much like yours, um, is to uh, gain a clientele, and then I put in parentheses audience, because that's how we're translating our work to one another. Right. Um, that that can act as uh, sort of a, a cohesive unit. Like the, the great thing about my line of work uh, or what I'm attempting to do with this is that testimonials are huge, huge. And, uh, I roll <laughs> and I, in order to perpetuate the system's efficacy, I need to be able to demonstrate its value. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So I also need to you know, I, this may result in me doing pro bono work once I've established this system that I'm trying to create. Um, but then kind of garnering an audience based on that. Okay. 
and and that of course is obviously dependent on how soon or how how quickly or you know whatever I can flush out this system and make it work. Is this audience uh, clientele the same as your tribe you want to build? No, no, they're two different things. They're two distinct different things. The the tribe that I want to build eventually. Uh, mm, yes and no. So who are who are these clientele that you want to? The, so the clientele I want to pick up are the people who, uh, the people who can make themselves truly open to suggestion, and who are open to the idea of kind of a more—I uh, don't want to use the term outside the box, but more lateral and creative strategy mm-hmm. um, instead of just doing things the way they've always been done. That's the clientele I want to pick up, and I need to pick them up because that will give validity to my system. I can say that my system's great, but if I don't have anyone using it and if I don't have any success stories off of it or any like not even success stories, but uh oh we got we got um more we got more viewership by, you know, twelve percent mm-hmm. or something like that. If I don't have any of that, then it's all meaningless. Um so that's my clientele. In terms of then there's the I think I use two different words, tribe and team. So the tribe mentality that I want to create is even just people on an individual level who believe in that that Tony Robbins constant never-ending improvement sort of idea. All right, all right. And so that's how you kind of, like, I'm trying to do this in terms of um, business development and growth and all that sort of thing. What, what are some... Uh ideas on how to build your clientele audience uh i mean i've I've already mentioned do you mean the clientele audience that i'm trying to pick up in terms of uh like paying clients right your, your tribe your team is going to be that'll be later five years down the line. Yeah, yeah. but like so in terms of picking up clients i think what i need to do is i need to first and foremost uh demonstrate value um but you've already done that you have metrics now Okay, yeah. yeah. I see what you're saying. I'm falling back on an old, like I, right. I do have numbers on something that I created or I, and in fact, I have. You always default to this. Yeah, yeah. I, I have um, all the, the materials that I created for mm-hmm. this other business. So I guess what I need to do now is find different businesses that can benefit from the same kind of work. Okay. And then, I mean, in an ideal world, I'm getting paid for it immediately. But you never know. Not. Right. You never know. Um, and that, that's another, you know, lesson maybe we need to circle back to. But I think this was off air. This wasn't on a podcast. This was a while back um, when you were talking to me about how you kind of end up setting your own value. Mm-hmm. Because if you, for some reason, like I end up doing a whole lot of defensive mechanisms where I'm like, oh, my God, like maybe I don't have the accreditation for this or whatever, whatever. And then I'm intrinsically setting my value lower than if I, you know, set a price point on it. You'd be surprised who would be able to pick you up. Right. So um, I guess what I need to do now is firmly define my system, like really build it in a stepwise manner and then shop that around. Uh. That sounds like a plan. How would you shop it around? I don't know. I have this I have this problem where I like I get all fearful of the idea that I like I don't want to be, you know, doing this thing that a lot of those like MLMs or bullshit like that do where you're like bothering your family and your friends and all that kind of stuff. But 
I suppose I can go to other businesses and be like, look, here's what I did for this other company, Mm -hmm. which I already have. Like, and I can, I can, I guess I should write up an abstract of kind of the the highlights um, just to make it more easily digestible. And then say like, through this system, we can do or build the same kind of thing for you. Right. And then do it that way. Um, as more, I mean, my idea, I mean, who knows if this is actually the case, but the idea is, is that once more and more people are successfully using this system, it'll eventually become a self-sustaining project. Definitely. I wonder if we need to build up your personality a little bit more through your brand. Okay. Not, not like, not like make you a Tony Robbins, but like, (laughs) you know, make it known that you do these things. I feel like on your social medias, you're all about. Uh, like jujitsu and working right. out. There's a lot of that yeah. on the forefront. Yeah. But bringing in some of this uh, problem solving skills, like there's got to be a way to. Yeah. I think for me, I took that route just because that was easier. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Cause there's an intrinsic audience in that and whatever, but I guess the ideas that I'm trying to exemplify are one and the same, you know what I mean? So, so you're absolutely right about that. I do need to figure out how I can, um, how I can put that aspect of it out there as well. Right. Because they're the same thing, basically. Right. It's, it's the idea that, you know, I, no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm physically hurt, you know, whatever, but I have these goals in mind and I systematically approach how to do that through mm-hmm. uh, nutrition planning, through, you know, a training schedule, through whatever. And that's how I achieve those goals. I'm trying to do the same thing on a professional level, but I, I, I guess you're absolutely right that I just I haven't really evoked that in a in a audience building sort of way. Mm-hmm. So I need to come up with a strategy on how to do that, which is ironic because creating that strategy is entirely like that's kind of the the work that I'm trying to get into, like lateral thinking strategies on how to develop a business so now i first have to appropriate my system to myself right i I feel like you're doing that now i mean coming you know we talk about stuff like that every week i feel like yeah we just have to somehow just let people know that this is where you stand as a person yeah yeah and i i need to get rid of that um like i'm having some self-limiting belief on that and i think that's something that's like cancerous and i need to you know excavate Excavate. Sure. Uh, I had to work at this uh, medical conference Uh a couple months ago and they had a chemo machine. It was like a chemo laser for brain tumors. Mm -hmm. And it was like a laser that shot just the tumor. Jesus. And it was like, it was like all crazy like this. And I think there's only like six machines in the country. Wow. And one of them is in Tucson. Interesting. And so people drive in from all over to use this machine. Use this brain laser. Because it's not, um, you know, you could throw medicine at the entire brain, but only just that little part needs it. Mm-hmm. And when you uh, specify, not specify, uh, target, target, uh, uh, concentrate it to just the tumor. <laughs> I mean, there you go. It's more effective to reduce the tumor and also saves everything else around. It keeps the brain. There's no more. There's no bad effects, side effects to the rest of the brain. You know more about brains than I do. Uh, my favorite brain is Krang from Ninja Turtles. Oh my God. And so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there we go with that idea. Um, yeah. So 
I, I'm I'm realizing that a lot of my kind of goals are streaming together, just like yours were. But but you had them. I guess my first and foremost goal should be to create the framework with which I want to build this up on. And that doesn't mean leave the other goals behind, like only focus on one thing. Right. It just means that it's kind of like in my hierarchy, I need to establish this system and then simultaneously be, be, uh, be building up this clientele that I'm, that I'm looking for. Right. Um, and be able to demonstrate that I uh, I had this one major client in terms of Tucson, like it was a big deal, right? Um, and now I need to demonstrate what I can do for other people and how it's not just a singularly focused thing. It's you know it can be a more broad approach, right? I I always had okay. So in the film world, mm-hmm. I didn't really want to work on other people's film sets. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to be a film director, right? So I don't want to go work on someone else's set. And be like, hey, I want to be your PA for a day, and just be seen as a PA, right? Yeah. And then someone else is going to hire me as a PA, and then someone else is going to hire me as a PA, and then I'm stuck in PA world, right? Um, I wanted to do, you know, I can't walk up to, like, you can't walk up to a a general manager of a restaurant, be like, hey, give me your job. I can do it better. Yeah. You know, you need to give that perception of. I know things to help you run your business better. Yeah. So, and also I'm not trying to, uh, actually be that person. I'm trying to just be on the outside and consult for that person. You need to remember that. Yeah. Cause I don't, that's been a problem too. It's been a problem too. So how do you, how would you create that persona of yourself? And I think you did it, but with Isaac the other day when he posted his picture with a quote, uh-huh. I think you need to do that with yourself. Yeah. With yeah. your quotes that you say from the show. <laughs> I, I, that was another one of my micro goals I wrote down was to create content both free and paid to support the mission. Um, and what I mean by that is the, the free content will be the stuff like, uh, like so what I did actually recently just for uh, a friend of mine is they wanted like this, oh, I need like a fitness plan. Can you make me a fitness plan? I'm like, Sure. And for this person, I did it for free because, you know, they're a friend and, I, you know, whatever. I'm still waiting on mine. <laughs> That's right. Um, but, I, but I basically took their goals that they were trying to achieve and I took their status where they are now and I broke down a nutrition and training program for them that would hopefully be manageable for mm-hmm. their lifestyle. And... Um, and that sort of thing. But that's like, I feel like I need to create free content that's not, because I don't want to give away the whole thing, right? But if I create free content, that'll that'll help demonstrate like, oh yeah, this guy's got great ideas, whatever. And now I've got paid content that people will want to be interested in. Right. Well, so, is... so I don't want to give them the whole binder. I don't want to give them the whole binder that's my system for, you know, but I need to kind of think of a way to create content like little bits and snippets that will m- garner that interest into mm-hmm. the, the whole systematic approach. So I do a lot of this type of work with life coaches. Yeah. Uh, creating their content, their uh-huh. free content for the paid content. Right. So I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. And it, building a persona is, is a very important part of it. Okay. So I, I need to do a lot of, personal work as well. So I should really think of myself as my own first client. 
Right. Well, first off, you got to think about yourself as this optimization specialist. Right. Like, like truly believe it. Yeah. Because you are. You can do it. You've done it. Yeah. How many times do you need to do it till you believe it yourself? I don't know. It's like for some reason I feel as though if I'm not making a six-figure salary, then I'm not worth it or something. But that's ridiculous. Let's save that conversation for another day. <laughs> so it's, I, I think it's just, uh, you know, just nobody knows that you can do it because you don't feel confident saying you can do these things. Yeah. But I feel like the second you own it, this is like conversations I have with people that grow out like uh, comb-overs. I'm always really mean to balding people. <laughs> I'm like, it's, I was wondering where, where you were going with this. So I, I always, I don't know. I've, I've most of the time, if I see someone with a really bad comb over and I know them well enough, I will have this conversation with them, how they need to stop fighting it. Yeah. Just accept it. It's it, nobody cares that it's thin, that, that you think it's not nice. Just cut it short. Just own it. Yeah. Like just own it. It's your head. You're bald. Just. Yeah. I don't even say bald. It's like, just stop fighting it. Yeah. Stop trying to be something that's just not there. Yeah. You just got to own it and move forward with life. Mm-hmm. And usually it's for the better. Yeah. Uh, it's only worked once out of the two times I've had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, you, so that's a 50% success rate. Right. Would you, on would you measure that as successful? That really depends on your viewpoint. Right. I mean, in, in some industries, having a success rate of like 33% is successful. Like in, for instance, in uh, a lot of uh, supplements and stuff like that, if you can get a growth or like an activation or an induce, inducer of, you know, 12%, that's huge, uh-huh. you know. But in other aspects, like for instance, if you're taking an exam and you get a 12%, you're fucked. Right. So it, it kind of de- depends on your frame of reference. Um. Okay, so part of that identity just comes from owning it. Owning it. Just own it, man. Do you do you believe it? You don't believe it. You need to start owning it. We're going to start putting it out there like the secret. Okay, so so part of my micro goal for this year is to completely own the process. Own it, man. Okay, so completely own the process develop my systematic approach such that it can be sold in units and then like personalized. Um, and then, and I think this goes hand in hand with owning it, uh, developing that audience slash clientele. That sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot right now because it's, you're starting from nothing. Yeah. You're starting from ground yeah, zero. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just daunting. But as soon as you, you know, have your system set up, and it doesn't have to be you can it could still be in your Times New Roman font. It's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Chris is always shitting on me for using Times New Roman, but that's because I think a lot of the other fonts just look unprofessional or look bad. Okay. So I, f- I feel like once you have that system set up, <laughs> it'll it'll all kind of just make sense. Yeah. Mostly because it's a system you could probably use in yourself and then you're going to have right. you know, a step-by-step guide on how to accomplish all your other goals that you have yeah 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 i mean that's that's absolutely true because and that's something i've observed in myself before but in a kind of different regard um i have been that person like i've had so many personal training clients mm-hmm. you know what i mean um i've worked at two different two different gyms for a span of four years total between the two of them 
And I've had so many personal training clients, so many, and I've realized that there's something different about the way I do things and about, the, and that was sort of like, it legitimized itself to me in that regard. I just need to expand on it because I have the capacity in terms of physical work to n- not stop. Like what they call uh, kill the quit. Like for some reason I have that ability to do that physically. Okay. So I just need to transpose that kind of the, the principles that I'm, I'm teaching in that sort of regard. I just need to transpose that to my other side um, because I keep because I legitimize myself in terms of the work that I did as a personal trainer because even though I may be skinny or I may whatever, I have something that these people don't have. I had useful knowledge and I had useful ability. Mm-hmm. I just need to find that, self, that, that within myself in terms of my professional uh, endeavors and then market that. Right. So you're right. The first step comes with owning it. Because that that was exactly what happened there is that I didn't put out there like oh yeah like I'm a trainer blah, 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 whatever until all of a sudden I took fights and all of a sudden I was winning and all of a sudden I'm good and I'm better and then that you know kind of got the the ball rolling uh-huh. but it all kind of stemmed from the idea that like no I know what I'm doing I am capable I do have valuable things to say and valuable things to teach so um, okay yeah. That's, I think that actually ends up being, even though I have kind of like, I've broken it down into micro goals. I think that one actually takes precedence over anything or takes a high, higher priority Mm -hmm. just because I don't think anything else. So, um, attainable, the A in smart. Oh yeah. That thing. (laughs) Um, I don't think anything else is attainable without that step. Right. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I think a lot of what I was, um, doing like the reason why this is different because I was like watching your uh, procedure and I think the reason why this is different is because I am starting from scratch mm-hmm. right so it's going to be a different procedure and it has to be a little bit more um, ethereal for a second before it <laughs> exactly whatever that means <laughs> but but yeah so um, I think what I really need to do is just make these things um, measurable and time-bound. But this, within this year, I want to have created a fully functional, systematic approach um, that I can then, you know, cut, print, and sell. Boom. So what's your strategic approach to achieving this goal? Or some of these goals that you've set? Yeah, well... I think essentially what it comes down to is uh, a divisive approach of creating content and um, constant sort of education on the topic. So what I already do is I make sure, you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, I always make sure that I'm reading about this stuff and I'm, I'm keeping myself educated on, you know, finishing a book every once or or uh, every uh, two weeks, I want to step that up to one week, but maybe it's good to keep it where it's at. But more importantly, um, I need to be able to create uh, sort of the game plan, the the physical uh, manual, I guess you could say, okay, for for this sort of thing. And so the way I want to start getting about that is I need to start by writing it unapologetically and not, you know, 
second guessing yourself every right time. exactly because i'm i'm notorious for that i i uh notorious <laughs> i will i will always 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 you know write two whole pages or three whole pages or something like that and then i'll uh scrap it and and end up getting rid of all that stuff i did mm-hmm. so i think what i want to start doing is just start making um maybe every three to four days I want to have a new like chart or a new system or like a new, a new, uh, part developed. Okay. You said, you want to, you want to tackle this. Do you, you you kind of already have a whole system figured out. Correct. You just want to, I need to generalize it. Yeah. To break it down and write down everything. Right. And and I need to make it general because I've generalized it. Yeah. Yeah. I created it specifically for, uh, a, a client before I realized that I was going to be doing this across the board for like many people. Uh-huh. So kind of that the main effort is making it a generalized approach that can still be helpful. Like, so it's not, it's not so general and vague that it's meaningless. Like mm-hmm. what we run into with a lot of like YouTube channels and stuff like that. But it also needs to be vague enough in that it can be appropriated to any particular business that I'm, I'm working on. Okay. You see what I mean? So I kind of want to take a pretty aggressive approach on it because I realize that if I just say I need to get, you know, one of these small sections done a week, there's only 52 weeks in a year. Like, it, How many sections are there? Uh, it depends on what we're breaking it down into. It's not, it's not really all that much, but it depends on – because I also want to add more. Like I want to write m- more novel stuff. I don't just want to have the – just the bare bones system that I had for the, for the one client. What's wait? How many steps is that? I mean, way less than fifty-two. How many steps is that? Uh, I think right now I've got it at about twelve. Okay, twelve is a good number. It, is it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're like fifty-two. There's not enough weeks in the year to write one every week. What What I mean is that I I want fifty-two wa- is a terrible number. No, it is. Uh, I think anything that I can solve your problems in fifty-two easy steps. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's only 12, but I want to expound on those more. Okay. So it's going to take time. And also I want to test and refine as I go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, so I'm thinking in the, in the long term, like, because I wanted to create, because I wanted to create this thing over the course of a year that will give me plenty of time. If I, if I kind of work sort of aggressively on this, that'll give me, plenty I think of you time. can have this done sooner than a year. You think so? Yeah. I think this could be done in three months. Oh, my God. Even less. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean. Because well, the longer you put this off, the longer it's going to take you to implement your other goals you want to accomplish. Right, and also grow that audience and everything. So I think you need to attack it a little bit more aggressively then. So so you think that's, you know, going back to smart, you think that's attainable? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you already have a basic outline. Right. I mean, yeah, it's already figured out for one client, but you still have. The, the outline that that's the hardest. I mean, part. The, the construct, the idea is still there, right? So, okay. Like for me, when I write a script or a story, the hardest part is the outline. Mm-hmm. It's like what happens when, what scene is happening here, what's motivating this person to do this action in this scene, not this moment of the story. Like figuring all that stuff out, like is, the the layout sort of, or like how it all interplays. Right. The plot points, the conflicts, the you know. 
high moments, the the low points. The high five, low five? The high fives and the low fives. I'm forgetting all of my screenwriting <laughs> lingo right now. So it's that's the hardest part to me when writing something. Mm-hmm. But the easiest part is, oh, I've already got that figured out. Oh, I just need to make this character get to this scene. Oh, I need to motivate this person to say this. And for what reasons? Oh, because of this. And I know this is going to happen because of it. It's, right. You know. Okay, so so kind of uh, if I already have the general in this analogy, um, if I have the general storyline down, uh-huh. then I can kind of just appropriate the the non-fixated parts where they need to go. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, so yeah, I suppose I can pick up the pace on that. And you're right; it's it's that's kind of the limiting reagent, if you will, or that's the limiting step mm-hmm. for sure. Like that. Without that, nothing else can be built upon it. So I guess you're right that, like, it probably would uh, behoove me to uh, to kind of get at least, like, the first sellable draft out and done. And, like, you know, things can be refined as time goes by. Another thing that is tough when I'm writing my screenplays, not that I'm comparing them to, I am totally comparing them to writing a system of, optimization but uh nothing everything they say in like the screenwriting books or all the screenwriters all the big ones that give you advice they're always like nothing's written everything's rewritten like the real stories and the rewrite what it's like like so you don't you never end up using your first copy you end up using your second or i'm I'm confused by what that means uh i would say maybe 100 percent of screenplays out there hardly have anything that was originally written in the first draft really because you usually buy you know by the time it's out and about with people in the world you're probably 10 drafts in just by yourself just you critiquing yourself on what should be done and by the time it gets out to the world and everyone reads it and producers give their input directors give their input actors give their input it's changing 10 more times i see so it's not about what you write it's all about what's what you rewrite rewriting is where the magic happens I see. So you can probably spit out your 12 steps or 52 steps. Just spit it out. Be like, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah. <laughs> and just get it all out. And then just know, like, okay, this is where, this is step one. I said this, but I really meant this. Okay. So then you can refine your wording and your process. You can figure all mm-hmm. that out. And it's not from scratch it's just it's you're working off of something that you've created yourself something occurs to me now that like i didn't think about until i was saying it verbally because i had this so i have this uh packet written out you know that was for a specific client so they they actually even have it which luckily they're not in the game of trying to profit off of that sort of thing right because they they already have it although that is my intellectual property i don't know how the law works on that neither do i but we'll find a lawyer Cool. Anyways, um, something occurs to me. It's, I just, it, I had 12 main overarching points of improvement. Okay. And that's like the way I was thinking of it. But now I'm realizing as we're talking about it as a thing, like 12 steps, I don't think I can have 12 steps. Isn't that an AA thing? I'm sure a lot of people have 12 steps. You can't, you can't. But you don't think that'll psychologically like uh, intertwine with Alcoholics Anonymous? I don't think I, so. Unless you're just working at bars. 
I'm hoping not to. Right. So I, I, I don't know. Don't get caught up on the number. Okay. Don't get caught up on things like that. Don't overthink it right now. Just get your first draft. Done. Just get it done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you're like, uh, 12 feels weird. Mm-hmm. I, want to, I want to do eight. And then you can figure out which steps you can condense or get rid of. Or... And also, so during this time, um, I was hoping to also consistently, like, like you said, uh, be, be working towards making myself making myself um more socially present in this in this uh aspect of my work as well right like not just the you know the fitness stuff that i do um so i'm going to be doing that simultaneously but once uh once i've written my first few drafts you know will that kind of take on more of a primary focus as well you're a persona yeah well, it, your persona should be at the forefront of everything that you do. You basically want people to hire you for you, right? Yes. In your system for you, because you're the one that knows how to, you're the one that, that does it well. Right. You're the specialist in the optimization world. Right. So you need to put your persona at the front ASAP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to devise. So I simultaneously need to start writing my drafts, but then also start kind of working up a like, so you posted that picture of Isaac Daly. I think you need to do that with yourself. I mean, we just took some pictures of you. That's true. And I need to send them to you. But, you know, you have a picture. Be like, hey, I said this clever thing today. Yeah, yeah. And I, I believe it. I kind of believe it. I said mm-hmm. it out loud. Mm-hmm. I want to share it with the world. And it's uh, whatever you said, rather this or rather that. And see, if anything, I feel like people should listen to me even more just because I say things like that. Exactly. Rather and leisure. But, you know, don't be afraid to make your own, you know, quotes about yourself or bold statements like that. I mean, we talked about that before with other social media inspirational quote making machines. Yeah. They all make, oh, just go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, you don't want it enough? That's why you don't want it enough. And you're like, what? You know, just make smart <laughs> statements that you think would benefit people. Right. I mean, and, and one of those things is, I mean, one of my points in, not one of my steps in the system, but it was, it was one of my, like, it's a part of one of my steps, which was basically the test and evaluate stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I don't want to give away too much of this shit. But uh, don't be afraid of giving away. Because, okay. you know, you can give people a uh, calculus workbook. Yeah. You know, and nobody knows how to figure out the calculus problems, but they can look at the back at the answers, but they don't know how they got there. Ah, uh, I see what you're so, saying. Okay. Don't so, be afraid so don't of giving be, away okay, stuff. Yeah. So one of my key things is that it's not what you preach in business. It's what you tolerate. And that was something that my, my first client was having huge problems with because they were, they had all these, um, we keep using the word system, so I'm trying to use something else. But they had all these standards in place, and they had okay. all these operating procedures, these SOPs in place. But, and they had those, and they're like, oh, yeah, but look at these. Like, this is all well-meaning and good. I'm like, yeah, it is, but here's the problem. You're tolerating a lot of stuff outside of that scope. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want these things to happen, you need to enforce that these things are happening. These SOPs are happening, because they weren't. They just mm-hmm. flat out weren't. And that was actually causing their bottom line to suffer. So, um, so like things like that, I shouldn't be afraid of like putting out something that says that, that says like, I wouldn't be. Okay. I because, mean, because that's one of my, you know, 
it's it's an underlying principle to how my system works. Okay. So to speak. Well, it's out there now. I mean, it's too late. I mean, I guess I could edit it out, but I probably won't. No, don't. I mean, keep it whatever. It's uh But no, but the thing is you you can't if you're afraid that someone's going to steal something that you think is special and unique, mm-hmm. you're 100% amateur. Like a pro knows, yeah, I have this knowledge. I'm okay with sharing it because people know they need to hire me to Yeah, well, also in like execute. good luck imitating. Right. Right. Okay. Because like you, like you were saying earlier, we Googled a bunch of, quote, YouTube videos, and we don't know where that uh, phrase you said earlier, uh, I forgot what it was about. Probably the smart. We'll talk about smart for a second. I don't know where it originated, but everybody's got their own take on it. Right. So, you know, someone came up with that idea. And look at look at the, the spread. How far it spread. Yeah. And I want to go find out who the original person was and see what else that person says. Mm, okay. Well, all right. So I guess what I'm getting at is that I'm going to spend the next three to four months working on a general uh, manual of my principles, sort of. I like it. And then immediately, or as soon as I possibly can, I need to start crafting my image in that kind of, a, in that professional regard. Next week. Next week. Or, you know, whenever you feel like starting, but next week. <laughs> next week. Next week sounds as good of a time as any. Um and in this measure, in this way, I'm also making it measurable and attainable. If it's like broken down into components like that, right? All right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm going to get uh, started on. And and you're right. This uh, new year, new you. I I want to you know I want to get aggressive about. I think that's what that's what we got to do. We have to be more aggressive on these goals that we just set. Yeah. I feel like we should do a check in in three months. Oh God. Like a quarterly check in. Be like, where are we at with these goals that we just. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we need to proclaim. be well on our way to making a, another full length or making some shorts, and I need to have my manual done. Right. Okay. All right. So I guess we'll we'll pin that on the board for talks to have in three months. Yeah. All right. Uh, congratulations, Atish. Yeah, yeah. You as well on discovering your brand, setting some solid goals. Yeah, that worked out really well for me, actually. And I'm glad we did it now before pressure of the new year just like creeps up on you yeah no we we got this out of the way early so that um you know uh, we're we're already working on it like that's a principle that a lot of uh like i think it was uh i think it was floyd mayweather the boxer that he just always would say that you know the reason why he's up at 4 a.m and running and stuff like that is because like he's thinking that his opponent is getting up earlier than him so he's like i gotta make sure i'm doing all my stuff before they are that's kind of the thing. I, I need to get a jump on this, so I'm already moving on it before the new year starts. I like it. Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.